episode, fellas. It's just me and Chris, and we are going to be without Preston. But how are you doing today, Chris? Doing okay. The Bills won. Barely, somehow, in some way. Um, but I mean, but a win's they a won. win, though. Right. Yeah. A win's a win to say Um, Unfortunately, the Sabres cannot win hockey games consistently. However, though, uh, we are not going to be talking about the Sabres for once on this podcast because there are other teams to talk about, including the Arizona Coyotes, who first. And foremost, they are the first team in NHL history to win five straight games, beating the last five Stanley Cup champions. And that's first that's impressive by itself. And not only that, but also they spent a little bit of money in the offseason. And right now they sit at 13-11-2 with 28 points. And they're currently the first wildcard team. And yeah, that is impressive because nobody really expected the Coyotes to be a legit playoff contender. We all thought they were going to be better, but we didn't think they would be this team that would come in and kind of light it on, really light things on fire. And they did get off to the hot start. They kind of slowed down a little bit, then got to pick it up going a little bit. It feels like they are a very inconsistent team. Um, however, though, their goaltending has been good with Connor Ingram, especially, who has a 2.52 goals against and a 9.20 save percentage. It all starts with their goaltending. They don't have a single guy over a point per game that has played of you know most of the season. I think that's impressive. Their power play is you know it's up there. Penalty kill is definitely better because of Connor Ingram. But I think overall this team is just they're, they're playing more as a team than individually, and you can really tell on the ice. Yeah, yeah. You talk about them actually spending money in the off season. You know, something they don't usually do. They're usually the team to pick up. You know, those last year of those aging veterans to take on uh, draft capital. But you know, really, they made some solid moves in the off season that I actually, you know, thought made sense. You know, trading for Sean Dersey was, you know, probably their best move. But also getting Jason Zucker and Matt Dumba really helped out. Also, it helps that Logan Cooley actually decided to come out of college and and play. Yeah, Logan Cooley has 14 points in 26 games. He'd be right around half a point per game at that, maybe a little bit closer, maybe 46 to 48 points if he plays a full 82 games. And Clayton Keller leads the team in points. Who would have thought? I mean, in 26 games, he has 25 points. So, I mean, you're getting contributions from Smolch, uh, Keller, and surprisingly, Matias Maselli is third on the team in points, and he's had a very quietly good season. Um, so, again, this team is playing like they want to make the playoffs. Obviously, every team wants to make the playoffs, but it seems like the Coyotes kind of, in the offseason when they built the team, not only are they built building the farm and they're getting all the youth, they're locking up their guys, but also they're getting some veteran guys that are so good, but they're also not putting them on long-term deals. Uh, we're talking to you, Calgary, uh, which we'll get to you guys at the end of the pod. But, yeah, they're getting, like, they got Matt Dumba on what? Kind of like, you call it like a bridge deal almost. Um, yeah. But then, like, these other guys, though, are contra- that you guys either drafted or traded for or whatever contributing – contributing up and down the lineup and I think it's just like the Coyotes have been a bottom feeder for so long and I just think that if they can consistently get this goaltending and start and keep playing as a team rather than really playing like an individual on the team I think they'll be in for a very very quietly good season yeah definitely uh no one no one really had them as a you know playoff team at the start of the season but I I could see them you know sneaking out like a, a second wild card spot i mean the west is really weak as a whole you're not really competing with much i mean 
what Edmonton is heating up a little bit. That's because McDavid is absolutely tearing it up right now. So realistically, in my opinion, I think you're only competing with Nashville, St. Louis, and Edmonton. I think every other team is kind of dead in the water. However, Seattle, I mean, you could be like, oh, what about Seattle? Well, they have six wins right now, so you can count them out. Uh, but yeah, I think St. Louis, Edmonton, Nashville, and Arizona are going to be the only teams that are going to be competing for the two wildcard spots. And I can see Nashville and St. Louis falling out of it because Saint Jordan Bennington has been playing out of his mind. He's kind of cooled down a little bit of recently. And I think Nashville, just the way that their roster constructed, like they're not, I don't think what they're doing is sustainable. So I think right now, if the Coyotes keep doing what they're doing, it's going, the window is going to be opened up through them in Edmonton right now. And I, I think like the league is better when Arizona is good unfortunately as Sabres fans we don't we don't want to see this because the Sabres have been trying to do what the Coyotes Kings Devils and Rangers have done I'm not I'm not putting the Coyotes in the same tier as those three other teams but I'm just saying like the Coyotes are actually trying to win and going out to spend money instead of trying to focus on their youth be like oh well you know we have these guys in the AHL that are really good yeah they'll be good in two to three seasons like you got to get guys that want to win on your team now so I think the Coyotes have done a really nice job of doing that but you know, I, I think, you know, with playing so well, you know, if this continues and they make the playoffs this season and then they keep consistently making the playoffs, you know, they're playing for a, they're playing for a contract for a, for an actual arena too. So maybe teams are like, listen, the Coyotes are being good. Like, why don't we give them an arena? You know, like yeah, who yeah. Knows? Kansas City, Kansas City going to play across from Arrowhead Stadium and Kauffman Stadium. Dude, I'm. I'm just throwing out ideas here. Um, but we're moving on here to Quinn Hughes, who right now is playing like the best defenseman in the league. He is the Norris favorite, at least in my opinion. I don't know what the odds are or whatever. That's besides the point. He is on a 113-point pace if he plays a full 82 games. Can this dude crack 100 points this season? Yes. I think there will be multiple people on that Canucks team that are cracking 100, and by nature, Quinn Hughes will do that. I mean... Not only is he getting points on the power play, but he's also getting a ton of them even strength. And when he gets points, he's getting like two to three, like kind of in bunches. And 36 points in 28 games has been absolutely ridiculous. And a plus 20. And you want to mention like, oh, well, the plus and minus only go towards even strength. Well, or, you know, uh, if the net's pulled, whatever, right? Um, But a plus 20 with getting as many power points power play points he's getting is absolutely really really impressive right now and he's playing like the best defenseman in the league and 100 points is not out of the realm of possibilities I think it's going to be harder than what I think a lot of people think however I do think 100 points 101 points maybe he can get there like towards the 80th the 81st game of the season but I don't want to say he's going to get there easy because if he does get like 105 170 points as a defenseman dude should be unanimous Norris Trophy winner, but I just think it's going to be a lot harder. I can see him slowing down from midway through the season, maybe kind of, because nobody can keep up this pace as a defenseman. I mean, Cal McCarr, Roman Yossi, like Roman Yossi, what, he was close, did he hit 100 points or he was very, very uh, yeah, close I to I think it? he hit 96. Yeah, so he was close to it. He had one of the best offensive um, defenseman years that we've seen in a while, so. I mean, can't forget Eric Carlson last year, he had 100. That. I'm sorry. One of Norris because of it. EK, EK is kind of drowning in Pittsburgh, so that's my fault. <laughs> I yeah, forgot yeah. him. Um, but that that'd actually be nuts if we saw back to back season with the defenseman reaching a hundred points. I mean Yeah, you know, but I I'd say I I'd say uh Quinn Hughes would deserve it more just because he's also playing great defense. He's actually playing defense. Yeah. Eric Carlson didn't. Granted, he Eric Carlson was the Sharks' entire offense last season. 
But I mean, well, that wasn't when Timo Meyer got traded or whatever. But Quinn Hughes is actually playing defense. And granted, it does help. He has a good supporting cast. But the fact that he's putting up this kind of numbers as a defenseman is actually ridiculously insane. Yeah, it is. Thank you to our sponsor, SeatGeek. And use code checking from behind to get $20 off your first purchase. If you guys are looking to go to any NHL games or just any event in general, you guys can go to the SeatGeek app or website at the search bar at the top of the screen. You can search whichever event you're looking to go to. And then it's going to end up bringing all the ticket choices for your selection. It's going to end up rating your tickets to whatever value they are so let's say it's a dark green that means the value of the ticket you're looking at is really really good if it's going to be a dark red that means the value of the ticket isn't really that great and also it's going to rate it on a scale of 1 to 10 inside that circle so let's say it's an 8.3 out of 10 that's really good if it's a 1.3 out of 10 that's really bad i wouldn't recommend doing the red seats i would recommend doing the Kind of like the 8 to 10 range or the dark green. Again, best prices guaranteed. Use code checking from behind to get $20 off your first purchase. Moving on here to Jack Eichel and McDavid who are both on very, very hot streaks. And we're going to start off with Jack Eichel here real quick. Jack Eichel in his last ten, uh, six points is 10 points. Sorry, six games. He has 10 points, four goals, six assists. This dude has also 31 points in 28 games, 12 goals, 19 assists. He is the, like, I don't want to say he's a centerpiece of that Golden Knights team, but it feels like he is starting to mold into that centerpiece of the Knights team. I mean, obviously, you still have guys like Marcia So, Carlson, Shea Theodore, who is on IR, Mark Stone, etc. Um, but if, it does kind of feel like he's starting to become a huge piece of Vegas Golden Knights, not only offense, but just team in general. He's becoming a leader in the locker room. Yeah, yeah, he's, fin- he's finally putting together uh, some... Uh... Some points, you know, uh, people thought he deserved the con Smythe. No, it was Marsha's fault. I, th- uh, I think it's it either way. I think it it's, besides, it's besides the point. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, he's putting together some some points in the last few games. This is the first time we, I think, I think this is the first time we've seen Eichel actually put up these kind of numbers since the COVID year when he was literally carrying the Sabres on his back to a potential playoff berth and then COVID happened, whatever. Um, but... I I know you're an Evan Eichel hater, right? Deservedly so. I was, and then I kind of was like, okay, like I'm kind of over myself at this point, and I kind of like seeing Eichel perform this well. You could be like, oh, do you see his line mates now? Like he has, he his team is so sacked. Okay, and what's your point? Like uh, he's performing. Everybody, so a lot of people would be like, oh, this next surgery is getting. I don't know if he's ever gonna be the same. He and this this might be a little bit of a hot take. I think he looks better on Vegas now than he ever did with Buffalo. I know you might hate that take because Eichel was an absolute beast. I, he was like a top five center in the league at his peak in Buffalo. But this dude right now is playing like a top five center in his peak on Vegas right now. I, I don't know what your take is on that, if you have anything to say, but I, I already know. Uh, I'll leave it to myself. <laughs> dude wants to roast cycle so bad. All right, and listen, if you want to let it out, let it out. Like, I, you know, nobody's no, going to no, get mad. We're fine. We're fine. We'll talk, about the, we'll talk about the better player next. <laughs> Connor McDavid, who uh, everybody's concerned about him. Um, he goes down with an injury and everything. Um, and he was only out for, what, like two games, something like that. And then all of a sudden, you know, he comes back from injury, not playing so hot. And it feels like everybody's like, oh, is he still hurt? I think he was still hurt because the last 12 games he has 26 points. And you might be thinking – 
oh, well, maybe somebody else is going to win the Art Ross and the Hart and everything. McDavid has 36 points in 23 games. Leave it to that, to him being an absolute superstar again. I mean, I, I didn't ex- – well, okay, so – he goes down with that injury, comes back. He's probably still dealing with some soreness, some tightness, you know, whatever. I forget. I think it was a lower body injury. Yeah. So that, that that's going to hinder his skating ability. What does Connor McDavid have that nobody else has? His ability to skate through absolutely everyone on the team, night in and night out, and, you know, set up teammates, score goals, and just be Connor McDavid. Yeah, Connor McDavid is carrying this team. He's putting on his superhero cake. He's like, cape. He's like, I got you guys. Like, I don't think I've ever seen a talent like Connor McDavid before. This dude, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say Connor McDavid is the greatest hockey player to ever grace the ice. And you might be saying, oh, well, what about Wayne Gretzky? You know, or somebody could be like, yeah, he's the most skillful of all time, but he hasn't put up the stats that Gretzky has, whatever. I totally get that. But you talk about this is the most skillful the NHL has ever been. This is the best goalie, the second best time goalies have ever been besides a dead puck era. This is where you have the most superstars that the NHL has ever seen in its entire existence. And you have the best player in the best world who dominated juniors. He was actually dominating his rookie season before and after his collarbone injury sidelined him for 40 games. He comes in, he has multiple arts, multiple hearts. The only thing that's missing on his resume is the Stanley Cup. I think Connor McDavid is one of the only players that will ever get in the Hall of Fame without a championship with how great he is. He's at 884 points in less than 600 games, 591 games to be exact. That is elite stuff. Connor McDavid is just the epitome. He is carrying this team right now. Him and Leon are doing everything they can to will this team back from poverty into something. And you also have to give a lot of credit to Stuart Skinner for the Oilers. He's 6-0 in his last six games with like a 940 save percentage. Uh, but Connor McDavid, though, the fact that he's averaging 2.5 points per game right now, I mean, we Preston called it. He was like, don't count the Oilers out. McDavid will eventually get going. And Preston was correct with McDavid. He was. All right, um, and moving on here to Calgary, and it's not just about the Flames in general. I know we, we've covered them a lot here, um, but it's about their goaltending situation. And so they end up dealing with an injury, and then comes up Dustin Wolf, who has played four games right now, has a 304 with a 900 save percentage. He did have a couple bad games, but he's also had a really couple good games, and Calgary is going to have to make a decision with their goaltending here in a soon. Yeah, no, everyone was thinking they were going to make that decision this offseason and, you know, have Wolf start in the NHL and then move on from Vladar. But I I don't know. As we're seeing in in, in Buffalo with uh, Devin Levi, maybe, maybe he should stay in – Wolf should stay in the NHL because, honestly, I, I just don't see the Flames recovering this season. They're I not- – I, I, they're, I don't. They're not going to move on from Markstrom, right? Uh, we know that. They're not going to – I think – I don't want to say they'd rather have Ladar than Wolf. Me personally, I'd rather have Wolf. The dude's AHL numbers are insane. And, you know, we've talked about, oh, Wolf's numbers are some of the best we've ever seen in the AHL. Why have him down there? Because goaltending takes more time to develop. We've seen it with Devin Levi. 
He has a couple good games, but he also has a couple bad games. We've seen that with Dustin Wolf so far. He's had a couple really good games, but he's also had a couple really bad games. So it's like getting your feet out, right? No goaltender is really going to come into the league and light it on fire and stay consistent, right? That's the fact. And the fact that Calgary's team just really isn't good in general it's kind of like, okay, you're not throwing Dustin Wolf out to the Wolves per se, but I mean, it kind of feels like they're kind of doing it a little bit and throwing him in the deep end with going behind this decor, which is very underperforming, a team that can't really put the puck in the back of the net. So it's like you're kind of setting up, setting him up for failure in a way. So I would like to see him in the AHL for the rest of the season and then reevaluate your situation in the offseason. Unless you want to do something where... <clears throat> You just do what the Sabres did at the end of last season and run three goalies, see what you have in Wolf like after the deadline and everything. Or may, you know, uh, I think that would be smart. But I think to run with three goalies the rest of the way, I I don't think would be smart on their part. I mean, we've seen it in Buffalo before, where it's just like a goaltender, like a goaltender might be hot, but like what happens? So like you have to get all three goaltenders in. A goaltender isn't going to perform well if he's just playing once a week like we saw that with Devin Levi. Dude couldn't get in a rhythm playing only once a week and I feel like that might happen with Wolf eventually. So again, I think they're I think they should stick with Markstrom and Vladar. I think the only way Wolf stays longer in the NHL is if, you know, Markstrom, you know, his injuries, you know, going to sidelight him for a while. I think it's just a fractured finger. He'll be back in a couple weeks. Yeah, uh, and, yeah, yeah, and then they'll they'll send him down. I I see no benefit to having him in the NHL. There isn't. I mean, there's no such thing as being too long in your development as a goalie. I mean, there's one thing like as a skater, if you're just tearing it up in the AHL, like you might be like, why have him down there at that point, right? But it's like with the goaltender and everything, Dustin Wolf tears it up in the AHL. It's a whole different ballgame in the NHL, man. Like you got guys that can play shots in the four inch window and the puck is bigger than four inches like that's how ridiculous it is so again the best decision here is to send wolf down once markstrom comes back so but last but not least last week the salary cap was announced that it's going to go up to 87.675 million dollars next season and this season it's set at 83 and a half million dollars this had us thinking a little bit the main implications of the cap going up. I mean, it might benefit some teams that are kind of up against the cap right now, but also might benefit some teams that aren't really willing to spend money that might want to spend money going into the off seasons. Yeah, no, um, this could be, you know, the difference between someone going on LTIR for like cap relief, you know, for some of the, you know, cap strap teams to, you know, them being able to go out and acquire someone without having to put them out on LTIR and get their cap um, taken care of. I, we've kind of seen this going, I mean, with COVID and everything, the cap dramatically went down and it's kind of been steady and now it's feels like it's going to start recovering again and at one point, we might see the cap in a few years go up closer to 97 to $100 million. I know that's like like a few years minimum down the road, but I at least like to see the cap going up. I do kind of want to see teams like spend a little bit more money because not only us as content creators that cover a lot of stuff, but also just as fans in general, it's like you want to see teams go out and be like, we think this guy in free agency is going to help us build or win a championship. I think that's really fun. Plus for trades-wise and everything, this could be huge for – I just thought of this. This could be huge for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Now, I know they're still, like, 
like what seven hundred thousand dollars over the cap or something like that. But I mean, something like that. They're they're not that far. But in the off season, though, if they feel like they can get the extra four million dollars for Willie Nylander, which I think they'll need a lot more than the extra four million dollars for William Nylander. Uh, but that's just like the point being is that this could benefit a lot of championship teams that feel like they're kind of on the brink of a championship, but they just need that another one or two more pieces. And I think they'll be okay. So, But we appreciate you guys stopping by. All of our socials are down below as well as the subscribe button. And we'll see you guys in Friday's episode.